0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: They have the same sort of desires as (laughs) us. I don't know about
0: that. I don't don't know about
1: that.
2: And welcome (laughs) to the Down and Front Podcast, the official podcast of downandfrontpodcast.com. My name is Warren. With me, I'm with a bunch of my best friends and our lovely special guests. And I'm super pumped and excited to be recording with you all and not having It here. So I'm (laughs) always very much excited about that. But tonight... We're going to be giving you our first thriller of the year.
0: It's spooky season.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's 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 a, a horror pro- movie. It, it, okay. It's, a, it's approaching movie? the Fear Boner territory. <laughs> so if you've seen his uh, heard his beautiful voice, we do have a bunch of awesome guests, including Abbott. So let's introduce what uh, everybody's been doing. So uh, Mr. Abbott, the host of the Fear Boners podcast, what you sipping on and what you been watching?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm actually sipping on some sarsaparilla whiskey. Um, that I picked up the other day. Um, it's it's uh, nothing special. It was just cheap, and it was closest to the door when I got to the liquor store. That's usually how I make my decisions in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for what I've been watching, besides the movie that we're going to be talking about tonight, is uh, I just watched a, a season of the show called Dr. Horrible's House of... Ter- no, Dr. Terrible's House of Horrible. Uh, it was a show that was on the BBC from 2001, I think. It's got a guy, a comedian named Steve Coogan... Um, basically, oh does gosh. six episodes of um, making fun of old Hammer movies, in particular the movie Doctor Horror's House of Terrible, uh, Doctor Terror's House of Horrible. I can't remember, but it's it's too it's much funny. sarsaparilla. It's yes, too much sarsaparilla. But at least they're not four locos. Either way, yeah, um, it's funny and it's kind of spooky at times. But uh, if you can look it up, it's it's pretty entertaining. Where'd you watch it? Uh, I watched it on Shudder. I'm still um, uh, subscribed to that. Uh, you can It's pretty much Netflix just for horror content, so it's pretty great for a guy like me, a boy like me.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, as of course, it's always good to see your face and hear your voice. I'm going to toss it over to one of my best friends, uh, but not the bestest, the mouth of the South, Mr. Brylan. How's it been, man? Good to see your face. Uh, what you sipping on and what you been watching?
0: Uh, I'm doing great tonight. Uh, Thank you for having me once again, as always. Um, So what I'm drinking right now, I am finishing the last of this vile cough syrup liqueur from Latvia called Black Balsam. (laughs) Um, May it speed me to a blind evening tonight, but also have some Gatorade Red to follow up with to wash out the pain. So I will be okay this evening. Uh, what I've been watching this uh, lately, uh, I've seen a lot of stuff. I went and saw Operation Finale, uh, which was a new film that was, it's like post-World War II, Nancy Hutter film, uh, that uh, it's definitely made for you to go see the acting. And Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley are awesome in this movie. Um, it, like, you know, every two years, Ben Kingsley just has to take a character role where he just chews all the scenery up. This is his movie for this year to do that. Uh, it's definitely worth seeing, so it's uh, actually really cool. And they they added, it's interesting because they add like a, uh, a side of humor to the story, which I found really interesting that they did for such such uh, topics that are usually handled very seriously as well. Hmm. And the other thing that I've uh, watched is on Amazon Prime. I watched all of season one of Jack Ryan. And all I'll say about it is if you've been waiting for 24 to come back and you need something that's like 24, then Jack Ryan is like a better version of 24 in every way. It's fun. It's wow. fantastic. It's got great pa- pacing, great action, great story to it. Definitely watch it.
2: Good stuff. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, check out some more stuff on Amazon. I feel like this is around the prime time that they get a good amount of content around like award season and whatnot. So it's always, always pumped.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you did
2: there. (laughs) (laughs) I want to toss it over to uh, the sexiest man in the room. We haven't seen his face in some some long time. I think he was traveling the world, but looking delicious as always. Mr. Mocha Mike, how's it going, man? What you been watching and what you sipping on tonight? Hey, yo,
1: what up, everybody? It's great to be back. Uh, I was not traveling the world this time since my last break, but I did travel to Long Island, specifically Fire Island, for a little Labor Day weekend getaway. Uh, I think that's about as far as I got into exploring the world recently. Um, But I have been busy with a bunch of different life stuff, and I'm super happy that that's all behind me, and I can get back behind the mic and rejoin you guys, because this is uh, really fun. Um, As for what I've been drinking, I am currently drinking a delicious beer from Queens Brewery call uh, it's their stout i don't really know the name of it but it is fantastic it is new to the brewery they're based here in brooklyn nearby where i live and this stout the brewmaster at the queen's brewery has won i think two awards at the great american beer festival for his stouts and so i decided to try it out because i had to and it was delicious it's light it's got a powerful flavor without really weighing you down like most stouts do definitely recommend it if you're in Brooklyn. Um, And as for what I've been watching, a couple weeks ago, Brylin beat me to the punch, but I just finished Disenchanted, the new series by Matt Gronin. And uh, I I liked it a lot, actually, by the end of it. The first episode, the pilot, really kind of threw me for a loop. Coming from someone who has watched Futurama probably like 22 times from start to finish, I didn't expect the exact same thing, um, which is what I got. It was very different from Futurama, but so many of the voices... uh, he uses a lot of the same voice actors and I couldn't help uh, but blend them together at first but once a couple episodes got through it really picked up its pace and I liked it a lot and what's interesting about this is compared to his previous cartoons I feel like Matt Groening really took a lot of inspiration from kind of like both Monty Python and also Wes Anderson there were a lot of like really interesting wide shots and a lot of uh, really subtle background animations going on uh, that just kind of surprised me um, but I dug it, and I think anybody who likes his work should give it a shot.
2: Yeah, that pilot was very difficult to get through. I remember I looked, I was watched it, and like, I'm not sure if I want to keep going, but I did. I enjoyed yeah. it, so I yeah.
1: it. The pacing is is weird. It's different, um, and it just didn't work for me at first. But it, it really grew on me.
0: The second half of the season definitely picks up a lot better.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's always great to hear hear your face and uh, see you. So good stuff.
1: My face is loud.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. Uh, we have our very special guest. We have the lovely Emma, uh, who I don't know if this is your first podcast. Well, it was great to have you on. I'm super pumped that you watch all these movies with me. I've probably named up your name a few times. But what are you sipping on this evening? What uh, have you been watching?
4: I'm drinking an Oregon Pinot Noir called Underwood. Um, I got it because... It's a screw-top, and I've recently been bullied by one Warren about uh, having a little cork issue. So um, I was choosing to protect myself from that systematic bullying and just went with a screw-top. So it's a nice translucent pinot, goes down like a white, love it. And watching, I'm doing a Mad Men rewatch, which I have done before, but never you know, I kind of have it on in the background. So this is a full like sitting down and rewatching it. And it's so amazing. But I do find I don't know if it's because I'm older or because of the current situation. But it's like really kind of painful to watch and see like all the female characters and how sort of stunted they all are. We were kind of bitching about how you don't get that many good scenes between some of these awesome female characters because they're just kind of kept apart, which I think is intentional and makes a lot of sense in the context, but it's kind of a bummer. And also looking at all the black characters just kind of in the background, thinking about Carla, knowing that whole arc. Uh, so it's heavy, but it's still really fun and just, a, just such a good piece of work, so...
2: I couldn't agree more. Absolutely, I was like if you haven't seen Mad Men yet, I would like it's on Netflix. Definitely, let's go check out the first few episodes, if not just the first season. The show is absolutely <laughs> solid. It's still to me like my favorite show, besides Adventure Time. So I have like two favorite shows: is that Adventure Time and Mad Men. But Mad Men's absolutely phenomenal, and I think it even gets better even if I, after I'm rewatching it. And I haven't rewatched it since maybe three or four years, maybe even longer than that. So actually, definitely longer than that.
3: And oh. John Ham might be the new Batman. Right. Is that Orlers? true? It's, it's a rumor. Maybe, but he already doesn't wear any underwear ever, so he's perfect for the role. <laughs> yeah.
4: He doesn't like when you bring that up. <laughs> well, really? well, sorry,
3: Mr. Ham, if you're listening face. to this episode, <laughs> yeah. put some underwear on, please.
0: I might be the new Batman. Who knows?
2: I heard that the Michael Batman. B. Jordan may be the new Batman.
3: That's Superman.
0: I yeah, <laughs> heard Kevin Spacey might be the next Superman.
3: He's the new Blank Man. <laughs>
2: you didn't have to mention kevin's face
3: you said you were drinking underwood wine (laughs) i
4: wasn't gonna raise it it's claire it's claire oh okay all
2: right and i am warren i will be a host for this evening what i have been uh, i am currently sipping on the same wine uh the twist of uh pinot noir is pretty delicious so uh thanks thanks emma And what I have been watching is the movie that we should have reviewed this week, but I was outvoted. Uh, But we actually got a chance to check out Searching, um, which was, I think it was also, it had like a bit of an indie feel to it, also. So I don't know if it was like kind of a smaller release. Mm. Um, Brylon, I know you said that it was. on like a limited release, but I really wish that we would watch this movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. it, had some twists and some turns, but uh, the reason, I think the one thing that drew me to that movie a lot, no spoilers, was how it was shot. I think uh, we, me and Guillermo has been on the show and we talked about um, the Unfriended movie that was only shot with like an iPhone or something mm-hmm. like that, with like basically a bunch of different screens where they do a very, very similar approach here, but much better. Um, I think the movie itself is much better, also. So, definitely go check that out. It's for searching, uh, it stars one of the guys from Harold and Kumar. John Cho, John... the guy from remember.
3: Star Trek.
1: Wait, I thought he was from uh, Unfriended. He's seen... He's... No. Unfriended? No. Unfriended just had a sequel come out too. God friended me, something like this. I don't know. God-friended anyway. God-friended. Shut <laughs> up. No, there's 100% a hundred percent a TV show. No, there's. this Harold. TV show called God friended me. About how <laughs> this guy who gets contacted by God via Facebook, and it's uh, it's kind of nonsense. <laughs> God is dead, that. everyone.
3: <laughs> That's another movie.
2: So I'm pumped. I'm glad everybody's here. Uh, tonight we're getting ready to do our full review of The Nun, so we're super pumped. We're excited about that. I did want to toss up a, uh, a question, and I think this may be a conversation between only a couple people. But I was curious to know of what you're conjuring, um, sort of universe. Sort of this is our question of the day to see, you know, what is this your first sort of experience with it, or have you st- liked the movie? Do you like the actual universe? Um, I'm going to toss it to uh, Abbott first, because I know myself, Mocha, and Brylin, this is our first experience, so I'll ask you that. But Abbott, I think you have the most amount of experience for it. So what is your overall thoughts of the universe for The Conjuring? And uh, last point is, how does this sort of fit in, Uh, with no spoilers?
3: Yeah, I think um, going back to sort of what I was saying earlier, like this movie in general, The original Conjuring really did great things for mainstream horror. Like, the first one is still the best movie, Um, and when it came out, most of what it was doing was still pretty original, and the imagery and the production value and everything that went into it, the acting, all the actors in the movies are always really great, so it's not super schlocky. Um, But, of course, over time, you tend to wear things down, and by the time we get to the fourth or fifth movie in this horror universe that they're dubbing it, it tends to rely a bit more on, you know, the jump scare, which has sort of become an American horror mainstay. Um, but, you know, that's not saying you shouldn't watch all these movies. I feel like the, the the full picture that's painted by all these movies is pretty enjoyable. Although Annabelle creation is probably, I'm still, I'm probably going to say this several times while we talk tonight. That movie is terrible, terrible garbage. You can't even throw out garbage like that. It's that bad. Um <laughs> But this movie, I did, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to, um, and I think it, it fills in a lot of interesting holes and creates a lot of other interesting ones, so uh, I hope people check it out. I know it made a lot of money, so we'll see.
0: Did it? What was the yeah. budget? Can
3: somebody look that up?
2: The
0: budget was like $20 million. It's made $55 million on its opening weekend. Yeah, so it did pretty good. It's going to get over special. $100 mil- million.
2: Are we going to get another prequel of this?
0: Oh, you're going to get the Nun 2, Electric Boogaloo.
2: <laughs> oh, Yes, yeah, yes.
0: none three on the move. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't mind if we do. I, I do. I definitely do not mind. Uh, Emma, how about you? What's your like your overall sort of experience and sort of how do your feelings of the universe itself from the nu- is it the Conjuring universe? I guess we yeah. want to say okay. yeah. that's
4: what they've been calling it. Yeah. So as you know, because we watched Up in the Air recently, I am obsessed with Vera Farmiga. So, yes, I have seen The Original Conjuring. I really loved it. I loved sort of the creepiness of the era. Um, I thought the casting was really good, and they both... I mean, she's just really good in horror. The Orphan is one of my all-time favorite scary movies. Um, so I had high hopes, especially because her little sister was in this one. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my experience.
2: I'll always good to know. Mocha! Mo- mo- okay.
1: So I did not have any experience with The Conjuring universe before this. In fact, it had been my great pride to have successfully avoided actively <laughs> The Conjuring universe. Um, although I was tempted to see the first Conjuring because it did get some good buzz around it. But most of the other movies like Annabelle and um, Conjuring 2 didn't really stick out to me. Um, you know, when it comes to horror movies, I'm a big fan of horror in general. And I am I can work with, you know, schlocky horror, campy horror... Um, you know, over-the-top horror, but uh, something about at least how these films appeared to me, it seemed like they were trying to be good, but also not trying hard enough, <laughs> at least from mm. the trailers. And that immediately was always like an a deterrent. So um, so yeah, I never went around to seeing any of them, and if I have to judge the rest of the series, strictly off of The Nun, I probably won't see any
2: others. I agree. Heavily <laughs> agree on that one. And I, I mean, I have a lot of the same approach from you, Mocha. It's, I just, this was the first time that um, this was probably maybe the third or fourth horror movie that I've seen because it was really on my shit list as a genre for about maybe 10 years. Um, and I just thought everything that came out was terrible. So up until It and Get Out last year, I thought it was like, okay, hopefully it breathed more life into the genre for me. And then we watched movies like The Nun, like, nope. What, about,
3: what about your favorite movie, Hereditary?
2: I, I don't feel like that was... That movie does not feel like a horror movie to me. That was also this year. That was good. I liked the Hereditary. I thought it was good, but that definitely feels like more like a psycho sort of thriller than a, like a horror movie. Okay. You know? Okay. I thought okay. it was. It was, like, it was like a mystery. It felt like the entire movie felt like a bit of a mystery. So, I don't know. <laughs> So, with horror elements.
3: I think you guys should watch The Conjuring 1 and 2 at least.
0: Is it free?
3: Don't don't mess with Annabelle at all. I think The Conjuring is on Netflix. I could be wrong. Either way, you can probably come over here and watch it, because I'm sure I have it somewhere. (laughs) Okay,
2: so
0: I'm not going to watch it.
3: Yeah, that's what I figured.
0: Yeah, sorry. Uh, And Rylan? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, like many of y'all, this is my first journey into The Conjuring universe, and after I saw this movie... I decided to dive into The Conjuring Universe wiki, and I was glad to see, like, I really didn't have to see the other movies to understand what was going on in this movie. So that was a good relief. Uh, But yeah, I was actually really surprised to see uh, Taisa Farmiga in here because I like her as an actress. I thought she was awesome in American Horror Story, the first season. Uh, But also Vera Farmiga is awesome as well. I love her in The Departed. I love her up in the air as well. So I might go check out The Conjuring just to see her.
2: Uh, about that so i'm excited i'm glad everybody has their own their own different sort of approach to it what we're going to do is take a quick break because when we come back we will be spoiling the actual movie so if you haven't seen it just yet the actual show itself come back maybe after you read the wikipedia and then you able maybe <laughs> enjoy our conversation so uh with that we'll take a quick break and we'll see you soon for a full review spoiler edition in a moment Front podcast. We also have a special guest with Emma, and tonight we're giving you our full review of The Nun, so we are in our spoiler section. If you haven't seen the movie, you may want to maybe, maybe pause, you never know. Uh, or not. You know, take a gamble. Uh, uh, I'm going to toss it over as I usually do. Uh, Mouth of the South Brylin. Uh tell me some things that you have about you know, <clears> the <throat> acting and the characters um, of The Nun.
0: Yeah, so um, I want to say that the acting was good in this movie, but the story is so ridiculous that it's tough to say that it was acted well. I think they did they did what they could with what they were given. And this movie becomes just like a calamity of errors for a horror movie. They just like have a horror world book and they just stop following. They just can't interpret what goes on to make a good horror movie. Um, like for instance Father Burke they set him up as an experienced priest in the supernatural he's dealt with exorcisms he's dealt with demons before and every single time he actually is interacting with Volk, he does exactly the wrong thing you want to do yes. like, he, like when he sees her as like the crone mother superior is like Oh, let me follow her and see what she does. Oh, this is curious. Let me look in the mirror and get closer to the mirror. Nothing's going to happen to me, is it? Oh, boom, you're underground and you got to ring a bell. So (laughs) there's just like some random ass shit that happens because every single character just does exactly the dumbest thing you expect them to do. Um, I would say for characters like the best one is probably Tysa Formiga's sister Irene. She gets the most character development. I mean, we learn she has some spells or some, like, visions that she says. We don't know why. It's not really explained or anything. But uh, she does do, like, probably the best portrayal. But even she's not uh, immune to silliness. Like, there's one scene where when she first goes into the catacombs where we see the original nuns be uh, taken that uh, it starts sucking her in like a vacuum cleaner, and she looks exactly like the kid in the wind (laughs) meme that's always going around. (laughs) And I just started laughing my ass off. The guy that was sitting next to me was laughing his ass off when he saw that. Um, But they do some really weird things with her character. Like, she gets a pentagram carved into her back, and then the next scene is just like, oh, no repercussions to that at all. It just, oh, let's get on with being a nun. (laughs) And It just makes no sense why they do that. Um, I would say, though, her character gets one of the coolest scenes, which is spitting the blood of Jesus in the face of Valak, which I think is just, like, the most hardcore way of casting a demon out. (laughs) That's true. And as for Frinty, I think he was, like, a solid comedic sidekick, uh, especially with all the silliness. I mean, he might as well be silly along with it. Um... What was that, Warren? No, you're good. Yep. But, um, yeah, uh, those are that's pretty much all I have to say about the characters. There are some points I have about the plot and the story as well I'd like to get into. Uh, but if y'all want to talk about the characters a little bit.
3: Yeah, how about you,
2: Abbott? What you got?
3: Um, I like the characters. I mean, I think, um, again, I'm happy there were no children in this movie besides demonic children. Um the other, uh, I guess, manis- manifestation of Valak, the child with the snake tongue, was kind of cool imagery, and was like, "Guys are shaking your head, whatever." But I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed uh, just the the fact that they really tried to make um, te- how is it Tessa Formiga? Tessa Tessa Formiga, the, the-, the um, very innocent nun. Um, but yeah, I think that. Uh, the 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 father father what's his face, Father Blake I don't remember any of the character names <laughs> yeah, no. um, and I just saw the movie like less than an hour ago um, I don't know, I think it was well acted um, I know that everybody's gonna disagree with me um, again, I think there were too many jump scares but at the time I feel like everybody dealing with the shit that they dealt with while they were probably acting in that movie it was probably a really annoying movie to make but considering that i think that everybody came across very well on screen it didn't seem hokey it didn't seem forced i think um everyone got to do what they wanted to get to do even though at times it seemed like you were watching a meme come to life on the screen um and i think the uh the practical effects as well as some of the special effects included on characters like the fact that we saw sort of the manifestation on valak included in like dead bodies on, on the nun, on the evil nun, on the good nun. Um, I think that was uh, kind of fun to see the demon pop around. Um, but no, overall, I was pretty happy with the performance of the actors.
2: I just, I mean, I gotta just really agree with sort of Brylen and a lot of his points. I mean, I didn't like, I didn't mind the acting too much because I felt like once you are telling somebody to not just trust common sense and don't follow that thing out in the dark, um, it was just tough. I was like, man, I don't mind the acting, but they just made some really, really poor and really, really dumb decisions, and I just couldn't... Oh, yeah. Really couldn't stand I, it. Agree,
3: I agree with that. One of the things that now, now that I'm thinking of it, the one thing that bothered me was after the, the priest was thrown into the grave and instantly buried, then when the nun goes out to find him she somehow hears him, she hears the bell, but then she like responds to him screaming. You would not hear someone (laughs) screaming underground. That is some bullshit.
0: (laughs) Oh, but even like crazier is that after he gets out, there's apparently some random ass books underneath him the whole time that explain the rest of the (laughs) (laughs) movie. He wouldn't have been able to fit in that casket if there was a full,
3: there was a full skeleton and a library of books.
2: (laughs) That's true. Uh, Mocha, Emma, what you got for characters? Well, ah, man, this movie. So the
1: acting itself overall wasn't terrible. Um, I think the movie was terrible around the acting. Um, especially for Taisa Formiga, she's a good actress. I thought that she was actually quite good in this role. I loved her in American Horror Story. She's fantastic in that. And she kind of brings a very similar vibe, although less gothy in this film. Um, but I think she's really natural on screen. I feel like all of her lines and her personality just came through really effortlessly. And so I actually enjoyed being able to see her in a in a, on the big screen movie. Um but everything else was kind of, you know, like like Father Burke was a fairly useless character. I feel like overall, he was strictly the vehicle to get uh, sister Irene to Romania. Um, and outside of that, he was there for literally nothing except to be, like, as Abbott pointed out, or maybe it was Brian who pointed out, just the guy who did the dumb thing to give an opportunity for there to be a, a jump scare, mm. which is all this movie was. It was just jump scares. Um, you know, Frenchie, he did a decent enough job, but it's not that hard to play the role of, like, like handsome kind of dumb guy when you're just, a, like, a handsome guy. Like, there's not much there to do. <laughs> you know, he just has to read his lines pretty much and stand on on Mark. Uh, So it's, I don't know, it's hard to talk about the the acting in this movie, but I can definitely talk about the story because it was kind of pointless, I feel like, overall. (laughs) (laughs) The the most important parts of that movie were um, the initial scene where you find out a reason why Sister Irene has to go to Romania, which is pretty contrived. Uh, That middle scene that Abbott mentioned, where Father Burke finds the books that tell the remainder of the plot of the story... Uh, that's pretty useful. And then the <laughs> final scene where they actually fight the demon and steal it. Like, everything else that was in between it was just nonsense and jumps, like just there to provide ways to do jump scares, which just felt really cheap. Um, so, yeah, I'll let before I go off tomorrow, I'll let some other thoughts come out because I can
2: go on and on about it. Yeah, clearly that was a full hour. Emma?
4: <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought they did the best they could. I think she was awesome. I also loved her in American Horror Story, I think she's, like, a real natural in a horror movie. There were a ton of close-ups on her face that really... She was selling it. Um, I thought she did a really good job, and she she was kind of balancing, like, you know, being innocent enough that you were sort of scared for her, but she was also trying to be tough, which was good. He was... I don't know what they were going for. Like, was he supposed to be, like, hot and edgy? I don't know. I was losing my mind when he gets buried alive a b she like easily gets him out and like there's some sort of vision in like finding him like she suddenly has a supernatural moment where she zooms in and knows where he is which is like we'll get to this later but like what are the rules here like
1: mm. so she
4: kind of magically saves him and then he hops out and like rather than being like shit i just was buried alive he's like great books let's go back in and read up on what's going on here. <laughs> So that was tough. But, I mean, again, I think, and he was a little bit, like, cheeky about it. I thought that actor. So I thought he did pretty well. And then Frenchie, um, I thought that guy did really well. But I I felt like they didn't earn the sort of, like, campiness that he brought in. Like, either you're going to be, like, fully campy or, like, or be scary enough to earn those sort of, like, winky moments that he had. So, I don't know. I got kind of irritated with him by the end.
2: And those shotguns are just killing those demons randomly. I guess that was a thing. No, yeah, just the all one demon. are
3: secretly psychic and all demons are weak against shotguns. Well,
2: they, he, he 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 shot like a couple of them, right? I thought he shot like a few of them. He, he shot like shot, one, I'm pretty sure. He
3: shot like one and he almost shot a bunch of those girls with the bags over their heads, but he never did.
1: Yeah. Cuz he's
3: so I figure okay, so the best the best description I can think about this movie is that it's like Have you ever heard the joke, what's black and white and red all over?
1: Yeah. Oh, no.
3: It's a newspaper (laughs) up until you're about uh, 12 or 13 years old. And then it's a nun falling down the steps. That is what this movie was, was that turn (laughs) of it becoming a nun falling down the steps. Because the end of this movie, there's so many dead nuns. Like, that was, for me... All the acting of the main characters was great, but, like, all those nuns that sort of fill in and then you find out they're ghosts, they were all goofy. They were all, like, crying, praying, or they didn't know what was going on, or they were they were dead, and then they weren't dead, and then they were all, like, bugging out. Like, that was where it got kind of hokey for me was all the expendable nuns.
1: It's interesting that you mention that, because now that I think about it, the only... The only characters that experience extreme violence, physical violence, were the women, <laughs> like through and through. Yeah. Even like uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Sister Irene, she gets a, a pentagram carved into her back, um, but like nothing physically damaging happens to anyone else. Like Father Burke, the worst he gets is that he gets buried underground, and you and know his he gets eyeball a face bit by a snake. <laughs> oh, he gets <laughs> bit by, by a snake.
3: snake. Okay. And I'd still so want to so get bit nice. in
0: the face by a snake than have a pentagram carved in my back.
3: That's I was hoping 100%. for the part where Frenchie's getting choked, just to hear like under his breath, "Harder, Daddy."
2: <laughs> I just was—I was just so surprised that uh, I, Riley, you like glazed over this, but that pentagram was terrible. And then we see her the next scene, just sort of walk away, and yeah. like, oh, yeah,
0: and her habits all fixed and everything. There's no all. blood. There's no anything.
3: My I assumption so. for that was the fact that the the pentagram might have had something to do with how she got caught in that actual pentagram later on.
0: That's hey, what my, I was thinking. My
3: takeaway from that was that that whole scene was just highlighting the
1: illusion, right? The power that the demon had at illusions. Like, we find out that she was hallucinating, the nuns being around her and getting thrown around, but she could still physically feel it. And I think that was just supposed to represent the power of that demon coming through, that it could warp reality, but it was not well executed and was a head-scratching moment that I had to literally stop and think about while the movie was going on. Like, wait, what's their reasoning for that to have just not happened?
3: Um, yeah. Oh, it was, that it
0: was a real type of thing.
3: Yeah. Well see this is why so this is this is part of the reason why if you think about it, and Annabelle Creation does sort of the same thing, is that these movies literally fill in gaps. Like if you think about The Nun, it started with clips from Conjuring Two and then it ended with clips from Conjuring One. It literally does this weird like bracket on the movie. So that's why I think you guys should watch those movies and then don't even bother with any of the rest.
2: <laughs> so there's Conjuring yeah. One and Two. Annabelle,
3: Annabelle Creation,
2: Annabelle Creation, and The Nun. And the So there's nun.
3: five movies. Yeah. Mm. And there's probably, probably going to be five more by this time next year.
2: Oh, no. I, yeah. I mean, as long as there's no more Saw's, I think we'll be okay.
3: <clears throat> hey, you know what was good okay. about Saw was that every year when one came out, there was, like, a worldwide blood drive that was, like, sponsored with, like, sexy, creepy nurses, and they would make, like, millions of gallons of blood like available around the world, so it was like great because people would get tickets to see the movies, but the movies always
0: sucked. I mean, it's I mean, good to have charity out of, of madness. I think i was
2: like one and two, and I think I stopped after the rest of them.
0: Yeah,
3: except for Jigsaw. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I blame Mocha. I blame Mocha for that one. Don't blame yeah. me.
1: Blame the holiday season. It was rough last year. Yeah, it was. There were not many good movies out.
2: Oh, wait. The, anyway. It was the year before. My bad. I just realized that. That was like 2016. Anyway. Anyway, Mocha, do so you have something to say about the story and something more? No, I
1: mean, I said my piece. You, I mean, I could rant about it, but I don't think it'll do uh, much to change the situation. Um, yeah, I like, I easy.
0: mean, this movie, like, when it comes to the story, uh, it's like one of the first movies I've seen where they just set up a massive plot hole in the first five minutes of the movie where you have the two nuns, uh, sister Victoria and the older nun go down to the catacombs. They think they're going to find the uh, relic to stop Valak, but they don't, they fail. Um, you still see the old nun still alive. She's beaten up. And she's pulled into the catacombs, but you never see her die. Why doesn't Valak take her body over?
3: Mm. Mm. She wasn't Maybe pretty she, enough. She wasn't pretty enough. <laughs> I guess. Here's so, because I would say
0: so, and that's like the silliness of this movie is that everything is like made for a, like you said, a, um, just a shock scene. Like a just set up for a scary shock moment and there's no care for like the plot or cohesiveness through it at all.
1: So I would say, Brian, regarding the point that you just made, and note that what I'm about to say does not reflect what I think the actual screenwriters <laughs> thought when they made it. I think they just messed up. But, um, you know, inventing ways for this to make sense is the only way I can get through it. Um, so I would assume that since that nun, the last thing she said to the other one who hung herself was, like, you know what you have to do or whatever. My assumption is that as she was getting dragged into the pit, she grabbed the rock on the way in and bashed her own brains out. Something like that. Like, she Maybe. killed herself. That's totally the only so. way I could think that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's something that uh, literally, with rage, when I, when I made the when I saw it in the theaters, the whole reason for Sister Irene, who has no business whatsoever being brought to Romania, aside from the visions that she's been having for the past several decades, or the past like I guess maybe like she's probably like 16, so like decade and a half. Um, was, oh, Mary points the way. Everything lets you know that Mary points the way. And there's some reason why she needs to know that Mary points the way. <laughs> and when they get down to the catacombs to find the secret relic, the Mary points the way was a literal statue of Mary with a beam of light shining <laughs> forth from its fingers. It was directly a, yeah, was an at Indiana the Jones ripoff.
3: off yeah. It was,
1: it was like, sense. you don't need her there. You don't need her here. There's a statue pointing at the wall, and there's light shining from the finger directly at the blood of Christ. Like No point
3: whatsoever. I was
0: furious <laughs> yeah
1: well
3: that was that was a point that was never really resolved because in the beginning there's that weird conversation she has with the priest where he's like oh the vatican says you're familiar with the area
0: and then she's like i don't i've never been to that part yeah of the they, like father Burke like, was talking about we want you for your familial ties and he, she's just like what no i've never been there and that's it they don't approach they don't go back to that subject for any reason ever he's like oh okay weird <laughs> yeah. All right, my bad.
1: Field trip. (laughs) Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. (laughs) No,
0: I mean another thing about this movie that just doesn't make sense is when you make a horror movie, you got to set up rules and stick with those rules to make it compelling. And they set up this thing where to keep Valak at bay, uh, they put up all these crosses, and then they have it looked like the nuns were just constantly uh, praying to keep Valak at bay, and it looks like. Even though they were doing that, either there were just like wacky mishaps every day at the convent where someone died randomly, or um Valak was still able to mess with them even if since they were doing what they needed to. So Valak just didn't seem to be uh like pushed back or kept in um uh, didn't really have these barriers they were talking about. Valak seemed to roam around wherever Valak wanted to and even went into the town at times. If there were like a thousand crosses in that hallway to the catacombs, that didn't matter. Valak could roam all over the convent and could even go out to where the uh where the uh tombstones were. Where there were a million more crosses. And it was only to that point where the where the um where the tombstones end that Valak didn't just cross, even though they were saying like Farmhands were falling sick and committing suicide and stuff. So, are they really doing anything to stop this demon? Not really. Uh, They don't really set up the rules really well for this movie. I mean, another thing is, the way they explain how Valak was summoned in the first part is, there was a duke during the Crusades that uh, used demonic powers to, uh, or demonic incantations to rise Valak out. And they stopped it, sealed it again, but then the thing that brings Valak back are bombs. <laughs> how, how does that make any sense at all?
1: I think the bombs like interrupted the prayer. Like I think that they were praying nonstop since it was sealed and it got bombed and it was distracting enough. Maybe like the person who was praying got killed or something. And it, it broke the seal, it broke the seal
3: on the ground. You, know, you never break the seal. Stuff.
1: This is the only way I can right. get through it, Warren, is to like come up with good excuses for the don't come up do. with
0: logic for this movie it doesn't uh, make sense
1: it's so bad <laughs> yeah. didn't they say too also in the movie that uh the so the blood of christ could only be used by like a holy by like a holy woman like a pure woman but the first scene, like when they're talking to uh sister irene about it but the first scene in the movie is of this duke or not the duke but of this uh bishop uh who's very much a dude using the, the the blood of christ to do the exact same thing that they wind up doing later on no i don't know like you said they didn't they didn't follow their own rules i feel like
0: yeah they didn't i mean i don't know if they mentioned it had to be uh a nun to do it but they said like someone pure of heart i think
1: maybe that was a, and it was that like was a
0: crusader cool. that did it
3: crusaders are objectively not pure. <laughs> yeah <heart.
0: laughs>
3: that's gonna be their next movie it's just gonna give it, go even further back and it'll be like the the conjuring crusades oh i would you know, you know, those that'd peace be loving
0: cool. crusaders yeah it's a matter of perspective (laughs) but um i know this was this like bad timing of when the movie was released but you do have scenes of a priest following a young boy around even though the boy is a little demon boy um it does i mean it i just had to laugh at that point just because of current events Mm.
3: <laughs> and then he gets too close to the boy and he gets his eyeball bitten, which is what little boys do. Why children suck, because they bite your eyeball.
0: With a snake.
3: <laughs> when he... when father, In the flashback, when Father Burke walks into the barn and
1: finds the little boy tied up, he should have just been like, it must be my birthday.
2: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, let's talk about the visuals. Uh, <laughs> Speaking
3: of birthdays... <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, what do you guys? Uh, what do you have to say about like a bit of the visuals, either the special effects, uh, not so much the jump scares, but like how the movie actually uh, felt, how's it looked, and if anybody has any notes on the sound?
0: Uh, I would say the visuals. I mean, the sets were actually really nicely done. I mean, very moody for very like this style of harm film. I think it was probably too too overdone. I mean, you'd look at this castle and you say, "There's no way in hell a convent lives here." First off, and even like that first scene when you see just like billowing smoke and crosses everywhere in darkness and candles going out, you're like, "These two nuns have no reason being down in the here." Um, so I think it was just like they overly sold like the creepiness of it, and it might have been more scary if it was just like a normal like church setting, and it just looked more like a like a small church rather than, like, this ominous castle with its dark overtones and everything. Um, but for the, like, the camera work, they repeatedly used the same, like, turnaround camera shot for whenever Valak was going to scare someone. And it just seemed, it just made it play out like Valak's only uh, skill was to um, kind of distract people's attention to some other place, and then would come up behind and go, boo. And that's just an entire movie, like, when it comes to it, scares.
3: That was a perfect description of this movie. <laughs> I think, honestly, the more that I think about it, the more you guys are picking it apart. I think the, my favorite part were the sets and the set pieces over the movie itself or the characters. I think um, they did a really great job setting the movie. Considering how dark it was, they did a really great job lighting the movie. Um, and I think I really got some heavy vibes of... Uh, classic monster movies like you definitely got a bit of a dracula feel a bit of a frankenstein feel um the one scene where Frenchie's wandering through the graveyard with the lamp and like there's the fog everywhere i was feeling like he's gonna get hounded by the wolfman um and that was all great but then it didn't really execute it looked great Mm -hmm. but it didn't really execute at all um but also at the same time going back into the, the the plot or the story with these surroundings and these settings the one setup where they show you the grave bells. I was like, "Oh, there's going to be a scene where she's standing there and all the grave bar- bells start ringing." And sure enough, twenty minutes later, that's what happens. And I'm like, "Oh, I could have wrote this piece of shit." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey Hollywood, give me a job.
2: I mean, seriously, give him a job.
3: I still like the movie. I can call it a piece of shit and still like the movie.
2: All right. I mean, it's
3: not it's not Annabelle creation. I'm going to say that for the tenth time.
2: So do not go watch Annabelle Creation. Uh, anything else about visuals, Emma?
4: I mean, I thought it looked good. I just do think like the the main things that they relied on was just, oh my God, you're gonna see a nun with a really fucked up face, and it's like, okay, like we see that, we see it again. Like it's not, it didn't That's do. That's really right. her face, though. And then the other thing <laughs> was like exactly what you were saying, like, with the grave... Like, I thought the Buried Alive was actually scary, except that the second they showed the gravestones with the bells, I knew that was going to happen, and so you're too ready for it. Um, So in terms of the actual scares, I, I wasn't really feeling it.
2: Mocha?
1: You know what? Honestly... I thought that the direction in this movie was was pretty good, actually, all, like through and through, as bad as the movie was as a whole. Uh, you know, I don't know... Um, crap, what's his name? Corin Hardy's work, his previous work. Um, but I felt like, despite having a lot of techniques that were repeatedly used, like redundant techniques throughout the movie, like Barlan pointed out, I thought that the actual camera work was pretty smooth and, and solid. Um, you know, there were some shots that were just gorgeous. Like, at the end, when... The nun is floating over the pool of water where the portal to hell is. And it the camera kind of like is at water level. And you get this nice wide shot of her like leaning forward, getting ready to like fly at Sister Irene. I thought that was gorgeous looking. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you guys. The the sets, the visual design, the camera work was good, um, but not good enough to make up for just how bad the rest of the movie was. <laughs>
0: Colin Hardy did one other movie, which is The Hollow from 2015. It's
3: actually a pretty good one. Is I it? didn't realize that was one of his. Yeah, I'd seen it a while ago. Otherwise, he did a Prodigy music video, which, That's hey, cool. man, remember the Prodigy?
0: Did he do Smack My Bitch Up?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he, he didn't even do the other one either. <laughs> what, Firestarter? What other Firestarter, songs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't do Reed. that one either. <laughs>
2: So let's move into our final thoughts and our lasting thoughts of what do you think about The Nun? Would you uh, tell people to watch it or not? Uh, I'll start with uh, Abbott again.
3: Yeah, no, I would um, again, I'm going to reiterate I was a lot happier with this movie than I thought I was going to considering other reviews that I've heard and what you guys are saying. I respect all your opinions. I love all of you, but I was pretty happy with this movie, even though it made no sense. And even though it's 99.5% jump scares. I still really enjoyed watching it. Um, I feel kind of the same way this movie that I felt about Crimson Peak. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I was still happy with it. Um, So yeah, check it out, especially rolling into spooky season, which is October, which is 31 days of Halloween. Uh, Definitely peep this movie to get yourself in the mood. Um, And if you haven't seen any of the other Conjuring movie, like these jabronis, get on that Um, because you can't just watch this movie expecting to be like wowed. Um, but yeah, uh, I recommend it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the movie as much as, uh, I thought everybody else probably didn't like it here. Um, but then at the same time, if this is an indication of what the horror movie is going to be looking like this season and this one started off the worst, they only going to get better from there. So I'm pretty optimistic and, uh, don't watch this movie, skip it, but then maybe watch the next horror movie that's coming out, which is predator.
0: Uh, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. I mean, that's just... Yeah,
3: I would say either Hellfest or the new Halloween.
0: Hellfest will be next, yeah. I don't
2: know what that's about. I just voted for that movie. (laughs) Uh, Mocha.
1: Uh, An incessant amount of jump scares does not a horror movie make. Um, I have to stand completely opposed to you, Abbott, in this sense. I think that the fact that it was 95% jump scares... Uh, def- already puts it well into the category of not being a good movie. Uh, and it's a shame, because I didn't want this to be a bad movie. And also, when you look at the subject matter, um, like demon possession and the thought of otherworldly spirits that you can't really interact with in the same way that you would another threat is a legitimately scary topic that has a lot of potential for hor- for scary moments, despite the fact that it's a trope and a genre that's been used time and time again. Like, there's room there for creativity. There's room there for attention uh, in your design of the world the characters and the experiences that they go through and so to just take a movie and say well there's a demon here and it looks like a creepy nun and we're gonna boo you to death like throughout this like hour and a <laughs> half uh like that's just really really lazy and it's the kind of movie that will make money like Brian you mentioned it made a decent amount with its opening weekend um because there's always going to be 13 year olds and that's <laughs> the kind of movie that's the kind of audience that this movie scares um so i don't know i I wish I had done more because I wanted it to get me excited about the Conjuring universe, um, but it just didn't.
0: Yeah, imagine if the nun that was chasing him around was actually Medea.
3: <laughs> no, Hello. Hello! 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 Yes. Is there a boo boo three coming
2: out there is a boo
0: three coming out oh yeah. man i, I need haven't to seen review the first.
2: it see that's one
3: i haven't seen the first two we gotta get on that
2: uh that's the next few uh few fear boners we're good we got All that. Right. we're gonna have one fear boner every day for the month of october you heard it here folks
3: <laughs> if a fear boner lasts that long you need to consult your
0: doctor <laughs> uh
4: emma uh, I, as you know, left this movie in a rage stroke. I was so angry that oh, no. I <laughs> sat through it, uh, especially in the actual theater. Um, I, I mean, honestly, my final thought is, if you want to watch a horror movie about the Catholic Church, just watch Spotlight again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, good call. Good call.
2: Get woke. Uh,
1: the right, the right. best thing about this movie <laughs> is the fact that it was
3: an hour and 36 minutes long. <laughs>
2: Didn't see, it didn't. It could have. It could have been shoulder. It could have been. Yeah.
3: Shorter. I did have to pee for the length of that movie, and I was glad it ended when it did. Yeah. Brian, uh, what you got?
0: Uh yeah, so I think um, this movie. I mean, it ended up being a ridiculous accidental comedy, just because it was just a cookie cutter horror film that uh, where everybody did everything wrong in it, and half my audience was laughing, and the only people that thought it was scary was a couple of eight year old kids that came with their parents. So, I mean, I guess if parents want to expose them to horror movies for the first time, well, you know what? Start with it's something safe like this and dumb. <laughs> Don't get to the real stuff until they're older and wiser. Uh, but it makes me wonder, are all Conjuring films like this? So if they are, I mean, I think this might be an interesting <laughs> genre of horror film that might be happening where it's just like, let's go make a horror film and just end up making the most ridiculous shit ever.
2: I can see that work. And with that, we have been the Down to Front podcast. Thanks so much, everybody, for hanging out with us and joining our review of the nun. I would say, Mocha, where can people find more of your work? Sure.
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter posting videos of me sneaking up and saying boo to nuns at uh, Mocha Mike, L I, uh, as the Lord intended. Unfortunately, it is not Mocha Mike. Um, it would be Mocha Mike, but the person who has that name was sucked into a demon portal and will never be seen again. And so I have lost a chance to get that username. So for now, it's at Mocha Mike L.I. You can also find me on Instagram at Mocha Mike, where I post a lot of my photography work, and on Medium at Mocha Mike, where you can see some longer form reviews of the movies we talk about here.
3: Uh, Abbott? it. Um, yep, you can find me uh, on here with you guys or over spouting uh, Spoutin' Fear boner nonsense. Uh, I've got a couple episodes in the pipeline, uh, potentially reviewing Chance the Rapper's slice um, that just came out recently. And also, uh, we've got another spooky documentary about skinwalkers that I might try to uh, put together a catty episode with Maddox and Chrissy about, um, because apparently weird documentaries about horrific things have become our thing so uh look out for that check out um any fear boner tweets over at FearBoners d-i-f-p on twitter
2: and emma where can people find more of your work
4: well i'm on private because i have a job but if you want uh <laughs> it's at emma d hall on twitter and instagram
2: and brylan what you got
0: Uh, you can find me leaving random historical books in a lot of coffins around the world on Twitter at Bryland, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Um, every once in a while, I'll put up some mini movie reviews on Instagram at IamBryland. And I'm the host of the Gamescast, twitch.tv slash Podcast. Right now, we are playing through Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4. Fantastic game. I've never had so much fun swinging through Manhattan and collecting backpacks, which is what I usually do on the weekends anyway.
2: (laughs) Uh, we also did, uh, Monster Hunter, so that was a lot of fun, so thank you for that.
1: Also, uh, feel free to send, uh, your thoughts on this movie to our pal Jesse, directly to his email, uh, Fantasies at (laughs) yahoo.com.
2: That's a legit email. Uh, Check out more of our work. Uh, Check out our website, downinfrontpodcast.com. You're going to be able to find all of our information, all of our artwork, all of our tweets, everything there. Definitely kind of follow us and like our YouTube videos and our YouTube sort of teasers that we come out. Um, Check out more of our work on Twitter, underscore DAFP, and basically search anywhere that's downinfrontpodcast.com. So we're on Facebook. We are on SoundCloud. Uh, We are on Gamescast. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. So definitely go check out more of our work. Uh, and if you like what we do, you definitely want to kind of support us, so definitely become a subscriber for Patreon. Anything and everything is great. We're also going to be putting out more and more content, either early episodes and other smaller uh, bits as a piece of information once I finish editing it. I uh, will also put that up there, so uh, thank you, and definitely check out more of our work. Thanks so much for reviewing and hanging out with us tonight. Our next review will be Predator? Is it The Predator or Predator? The Predator. The predator. Is it Predators.
0: No, predators was the singular, last singular the predator this is
3: like number eight just right? one predator. Nope.
0: there's predator one predator two
3: there's technically two alien versus predators they don't, they don't count because
0: they weren't that
4: good not
3: but then counting. there's predators with adrian okay. brody and then this is the predator even though there are two predators in it
1: spoiler,
3: spoiler alert that's not a spoiler that is a spoiler bitch. grow up, hair. of
2: predators <laughs> 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 Good night, everybody. Abbott, I hate your guts. (laughs) Bye.